Welcome to Destination Marriage, a podcast about successfully navigating the winding roads of marriage. Whether you're newlyweds, engaged, looking to get married, or have been married for years, we want to share with you how we have navigated those winding roads over the past 19 years in our marriage. Join us on this journey as we talk about real life experiences in a marriage and what we have learned along the way. We discuss love, travel, fitness, raising kids, friendships, and much more, all from the perspective of our lives together. Happiness, love, grace, passion are some of the things we all strive for in a marriage, and we invite you to take this journey with us. Welcome Welcome to to Destination Destination Marriage. Welcome to episode 18 of Destination Marriage. I'm Jackie. And I'm Tommy. And we're thrilled to have you join us on this journey today. Yes, we are. So today we are continuing in our Destination Growth series uh, by discussing the book Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by author, what'd you say? I like it. Oh, by author Dr. (laughs) Angela Duckworth. Uh, Dr. Duckworth is a professor of psychology at UPenn and also the founder and CEO of Character Lab. Much of her professional focus is on using scientific insights to help children thrive However, in her best-selling book, Grit, the the insights go far beyond uh, just helping children become grittier. It it really is written for anyone and everyone that that really just wants to understand how to become Mm -hmm. gritty, how to to have passion and perseverance and and, and not just how to, but the importance of, Right. right? And that's really, I think, the, you know, she spends a lot of time selling it, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the why, yeah. um, why it's important and because it lends to a lot of better outcomes and all sorts of measures, what, you know, whether you're a child or an adult, right? Yeah, so it's, it's never too late, I guess. Right. Yes. Yeah, and what's interesting is, is so I had actually heard of this book. I know it's been around for a long time and it's a really, really popular book. I had heard of it when I was listening to Freakonomics, uh, Freakonomics podcast, mm-hmm. shameless plug for them. Yeah, Did, I, know I didn't you, you know. Really enjoy them. I do. It's really good. I I didn't realize that they were one of the first podcasts to actually kind of go commercial mm-hmm. and really make like a business out of a podcast. I didn't know that either. Yeah. You actually had told me that. I wasn't yeah. aware. So if we want to, if we could get some of their like four million <laughs> per week subscribers, <laughs> Come we'll to destination we'll marriage. take it. Um, but no, it's a really good one. So she's been on there. She's actually really good friends with. Uh, the Freakonomics uh, host, I forget his name off the top of my head, but, um, so I listened She there's actually a really good episode on how to become mm-hmm. grittier. Nice. And, um, now they have like a spinoff podcast that they do, which is uh, pretty good, but I like her life story. Um, and she, she just, she explains a lot about mm-hmm. who she is and you know, why, how her kind of upbringing has kind of created who she is. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the book. Yeah, actually, I had heard about it probably a couple of years ago, and it was through work. Um, I was, mm. it was working for a client, and um, long story short, uh, basically, the person I was working with on that particular project uh, had shared the book with me. Oh, um, I didn't know that. And I didn't read it at that time, but they told me that they loved this book, and they were telling me about the book and why they loved it and how they applied it to their life personally at that mm-hmm. time. Um, I think she was fresh out of college and kind of starting her career path and just talking about applying grit um, to her life as she's kind of finding her way, you know, as a young adult. Um, but now that I'm reading it myself, you know, obviously grit can be applied, you know, in, in different areas of our life. So what is the definition of grit as defined by Dr. Duckworth? 
Grit is defined as the tendency to sustain interest in and an effort toward very long-term goals. Right. Kind of that ability to do that, right? Yeah. And, you know, obviously I don't think that's something that comes natural to everyone. You know, you have to make a conscious effort. um, And it's a fantastic book to kind of break that down. Which is why that's really kind of like as a a 41-year-old, like, Mm -hmm. It gives me hope to become grittier. That, it's like, not that's, too late. Yeah, you it's not like, it. you know, you're born with it and you either have it or you don't, right? And yeah. so. Um, well, the book is broken up into three parts. Right. Um, so part one is what grit is and why it matters. Number two, grit is growing grit from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then part three is growing grit from the outside in. Yeah, I like that. I like that approach. It's like, how do you do it yourself? And then mm-hmm. how do you have outside influences to help you? Right. Yeah, I really like that. Which I think everyone needs, you know, some out, outside influences yeah. or support sure. to a certain extent. So um, we both took the grit scale and it's actually a really, um, you know, easy quick test that you can take and we'll definitely share it on our Instagram, share the link. So you can definitely do this at home with your spouse and see where you guys line up on the grid scale. But I took mine. I don't and actually, I took mine. yeah. So what'd you, what'd score? you get? I got a, I got a 3.6. No, you did not. Yeah. That's you, the same score. The same I got. score as I'm you. I'm not joking. <laughs> we, I got 3.6. That's, that's funny. It's, I mean, it's not like one of these hundred per, you know, hundred like the Enneagram one we did where it was like 140 questions. This like was 45 minutes. Yeah. This one. is like 12 questions and then they weighed it and mm-hmm. the, the, on her, on her website, it does it automatically. There's also like a formula to do it if you wanted to kind of just do it yourself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, 3.6. Yeah, 3.6 and she even 6, recognizes you know. in the, in the book, she mentions like it, it could be, you could cheat on it if you chose to, right? I didn't if they, cheat. I didn't, no, no, I did not. It's a, we got both got the exact same score <laughs> and then we both suck at cheating because it's like <laughs> out of five. <laughs> but her point was if you were taking this for like a job interview and you knew that yeah. grit was one of the things they were looking for, you, you the questions aren't that crazy right. hard, you know? No, I want it to be really honest. Yeah, same and... here because I want to use it as a baseline yeah. to see if I retake it, you know, in the future um, and see if I have become mm-hmm. grittier. And just so everyone knows, this is out of five. So 5.0 would actually be a perfect score. Like the grittiest person alive. Right. I don't know who that person is, but we can work towards that, right? Yeah. Um, So technically, when you you received your score, it should have said, like, I'm sure you saw, um, we're actually... Still well above above average. Above average, yeah. Yeah. So So what do you think? Like, if I don't remember all the questions, but there were definitely one. It was a couple that where I answered them honestly. Mm -hmm. And it was about... Not about like finishing things, because I tend to finish things pretty well, but it was like after a year losing interest in something. <laughs> okay. That was when I remember I he was like, yeah, that kind of sounds like me. So I don't think that one was something that was a stickler for me. Okay. Because I tend to like when I'm kind of fixated on something like this podcast. I mean, we had, t- I had talked about this before we a while ago okay (laughs) um before it flourished into what it is today but no the one question i think that i was that probably brought my score down i was very honest with it um is i tend to have a lot of ideas and as i have new ideas the other ones do i forget about the old ones okay that's fair yeah and i do that because i'm constantly thinking of new ideas i think that might be something that creative people probably struggle with i don't know could be yeah right i mean if they're I guess if they're, if those different ideas are 
like completely different topics or different things, not yeah. maybe like ideas within the same field or within the same job or something like that. That can right, be but if you're different. Always creating something new and you need to constantly have like for someone who's constantly creating fresh content or maybe even artist, I don't know, somebody who's constantly creating, um, you know, maybe music or whatever it may be, you can't get fixated on maybe what you were creating before. Obviously you want to complete that, but yeah, I tend to have new fresh ideas. <laughs> yeah. To the point where I'm just going to share this with everybody. Um, because a few people that I have told, they really get a hoot out of this. Tommy bought me a dictaphone. Okay. I did. Because he was like my walking dictaphone. I would come to him every two minutes with a new fresh idea. And he's like, you know what? Let's get you something so you can keep all these ideas together. Because I used to tell you, write it down, babe. Write it down. That's a good idea. Write it down. I was hoping you would kind of hold all of those things yeah, no. in your mental filing cabinet. <laughs> Not that smart. <laughs> so he got me a dictaphone. Hey, I like it. It's old school, but... And uh, how many times have you used it? I have actually... I have some ideas saved on you there. You do? Yes. You didn't Go tell me that. My desk hey, all right. Yeah. $30 well spent. <laughs> it's I much smaller than it used to be. Yeah, there's Remember no the tape. Old dictaphones? It's all like digital. It's pretty slick. Yeah, it's pretty tiny. You can take it anywhere. So if you see me in the grocery store, like... Just talking into that's my dictaphone. Oh man, then my joke my joke doesn't work anymore. Oh, what were you gonna say? Well, if you hadn't used the dictaphone to write the sentence, I was gonna to tell you the joke about how I I bought this book on procrastination and still haven't read it yet. No, the joke still <laughs> works. It's not as not as clever. Bum. All right. Dad so, joke. Oh man, I've got a bunch of them. <laughs> Keep them coming. So for today, what we thought we could do is is not just talk about the book and just kind of go on and on about the different topics, but mm-hmm. apply it kind of in three areas right. of, of our lives. So kind of, uh, what are our takeaways for ourselves personally, for our children as a parent, and then for our marriage. Mm-hmm. So baby, why don't you kick it off? What were your kind of biggest key personal takeaways? Personal takeaways. And obviously there's, there's a lot of meat and potatoes in the book. So sure. I think these are just things that jumped out, of, out at me. Um, the first thing that I thought that would really apply to me was showing up you know what that if you show up and put in the work that can really close the gap between you know myself or the or the other individual um as far as having a natural ability Mm -hmm. talent um versus the determined individual i think i am a very determined individual there are a lot of things that i've kind of dipped my toe in the water and i really didn't know how to swim per se you know i didn't really know it was uncharted waters um but then there's other things in my life if I'm being completely honest, that maybe I've wanted to do and I've shied away from because I thought I don't really have that experience or I don't have that talent or I don't have that support system. Mm -hmm. And so I've just completely shied away from it, even though there was, you know, a seed planted in me that made me feel like, oh, I think I really could do that. But then I thought, oh, but this person says thriving. They have all these things in their tool belt already. And look how far behind I am. So... I don't know. That was probably my, my number one thing. Um, I also wanted to say that I, one of my big takeaways was the fact that she talks about purpose. And for me, purpose drives my motivation in probably everything that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the whole mundane of, you know, oh, my job is my job or just trying to get through the day. And I mean, that just seems so defeating. And she actually gives a really good um parable mm-hmm. in the book about it and when she talks about a bricklayer yeah and that's really good i really liked it so she says you know oh you know there's three bricklayers and the first bricklayer says um 
or is laying bricks. Um, the second bricklayer says he is building a church. And then the third says he's building the house of God. Mm-hmm. So if we think about each and every one of those, laying bricks, basically, he's looking at the task as strictly a job. And the individual that's saying he's building a church, that's his career. Mm-hmm. But then the last is building the house of God, which is his calling. Mm-hmm. And she did mention that, you know, it's very minute number of people that pool's pretty small of the individuals that right now today on a daily basis are doing something that is truly their calling yeah so if i think about myself and the things that i'm doing right now day in and day out i wouldn't say my career or the things that i do to provide that that i do monday through friday um that right there is my calling but i will say this i do think it's leading me to my calling yeah I think it's giving me the bricks that I need to build what my calling is. Right. I completely agree with that. But if you did, and I, I feel like if anyone felt as though they're the first bricklayer, um, you know, that that's his job and it's mundane, it's time to uh, to make a move, you know, to change something in your life Yeah. because you're wasting away. Um, but those were my big three takeaways. I really love that parable. parable. Yeah, that parable. was great. All right. Like so that. my turn. Uh, I, a few things I wrote down like six here or five, um, oh. number one, talent doesn't make you gritty. Just, just having talent doesn't mm-hmm. make you gritty. Um, certainly the people that have the most natural talent and are the grittiest are rock stars, are the rock stars, right. Yeah. Of this world and whatever. Um, I, it does one of the, one, I didn't write this down, but one of the things I appreciate about the book mm-hmm. is, you know, I'm an athlete, I'm an ex athlete, you know, I tend to think in those terms a lot. And so a lot of times when it's these types of discussions, it's about sports. And she certainly talks a lot about sports or the military, but she talks about how this applies to, to anything and everything. It doesn't matter what the, the topic is or Mm -hmm. your career path or your, you know, whatever endeavor it is. And they, she has studied and not just talks about it, but she's studied Mm -hmm. people across the spectrum of, of jobs, whether it's a violinist or an athlete or a military officer or a three-year-old or a musician. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or just, or or an artist or anything. There's so many different things that are comedian. She even talks about like Mm -hmm. the point is like, are you, you know, how do you become gritty and how do you stay, you know, get grittier as you evolve and grow? I love the idea of a growth mindset. That's not new. It's not really a new topic to me, but like I'm really trying to focus on that as I kind of reach this, uh, you know, 41's kind of a, you know, 41's a new 21, <laughs> but it's not, we're, we're not young. Mm-hmm. We're not, we can't say we speak for yourself. Mister. But no, you know what I mean? Come on. Like we're not 15 with, you know, without any responsibilities and we can just kind of see what we want to do and wherever look, the wind takes yeah, you. Yeah. You know, I get it. so, but I love that idea of a growth mindset. Like if you're not growing, you're dying kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and perseverance comes through failure if you believe that failure isn't a permanent state. I love that. So if, if you think that every time you fail, oh, it's just here we go again. I'm just failing, failing, failing. That you believe that it's like a permanent state of your terrible. life. Well, I mean, that, that, but the idea that perseverance comes through that failure, mm-hmm. you know, that's really something I'm taking. You know, I was talking to our, our oldest son about that just the other day. We were talking about that. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's important to understand that everybody fails. Right. It's important to build perseverance through that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, this is another one that was kind of uh, interesting. What's um, that? that purpose and passion can evolve mm-hmm. as you become proficient or an expert in something that maybe you didn't start out thinking it was going to be your purpose. Okay. Right. And so like, as you become better and better at it, you become through deliberate practice or just time Mm -hmm. that becomes more and more your purpose and your calling. It kind of evolves into your calling, Mm -hmm. which I thought was uh, kind of an interesting take. Right. What do you think about that? Um, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I think that there's something to be said about when you fine tune a skill um, that you can become and feel more passionate about something once you have that that security where you feel like, okay, mm-hmm. I know what I'm doing. When you have that, those failures, that can be discouraging. And I think a lot of people, when they have those failures, they feel like this isn't my purpose. Maybe I'm not meant to do this. I can't get it right. You know? So I think. Which comes if you just give up on things before you really become proficient at it. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And that means you don't have grit. That's right. <laughs> not a 3.6. Um, and then I, I really like that they showed in the different studies that you're, while you have certain personality traits, yeah, your personality is not something you're born with and that's the end of it, which I thought was interesting, you know, kind of talking about how the brain has, mm-hmm. you know, you can create new neural pathways. You can, it's, it's, it has plasticity, meaning it can grow, it can mm-hmm. change with the right types of, of behaviors. Right. Which again, kind of goes to the, at 41, that's really exciting to know that, you know, you, that with, with combined with growth mindset, like mm-hmm. I, I can learn anything. I can do anything at, even at my age right now. Obviously there's, there's limitations and realities, but the point is it's not because of something that is set in stone Yeah, within my own brain. Mm-hmm. And so that's exciting to me. I like it. Yeah. All right. Second is for parenting. Yeah. Baby, what are your key takeaways here? So for parenting, you know, I was thinking, gosh, how do you, how do we teach grit as parents? You know, how do you actually teach grit? And, you know, while I think this is a really great book that even young adults or even teenagers can read, um, this is something, and I think these are things that you need to probably start teaching them even at an earlier age. If you're able to do it, you know, gosh, it would have been fantastic if if maybe our parents, if this book would, had been available and we would have learned this as kids, you know, how much mm-hmm. further along would we be in life? So right. how do we teach grit as parents? And, you know, they were talking about, or she had, uh, she was talking about the supporting approach versus the demanding approach. So if we think about the parent who said, uh, says to their child or to their children, you will be involved in three extracurricular activities. You will learn how to play piano, violin, guitar, and you will, um, you know, you will not leave the house unless you have straight A's. Like if they get an A minus, they lose all of their privileges. Mm-hmm. And that's a, those are demands that are putting, that you're putting on the child versus a supporting approach would be, obviously you're encouraging your child to strive for the best, right? But you're also kind of paying attention to what their needs are, not necessarily holding them to what your Maybe you're living vicariously through them, but you're not necessarily putting those demands on them to complete a certain um, task with extracurricular activities or, you know, maybe, um, you know, taking up an instrument. Um, You know, I think creating the right environment for your children to flourish is really important. I would say if I'm looking at both approaches and probably more the supporting approach, Mm -hmm. 
But she also does give an example of how the demanding approach can be a positive one. Well, she kind of refers to it, and I have it written down, as authoritative versus authoritarian. Mm -hmm. And when I first heard her, and when I was you know listening to the book, I was listening to it on Audible, Mm -hmm. that's the first word that popped in my head. When she said authoritative, I Mm -hmm. I went straight to authoritarian. Yeah. Because who says the word authoritative, like in their... You hear the word authoritarian more often, which is more of like the demanding, Mm -hmm. no, you know, like very strict rules, high demands with no support. Yeah. Um, But authoritative is, is that it's that you have those high demands, but you're also supportive and you also teach them and you also love them and you, you care for them, but you also, they know that there are demands that there are not even expectations. There's expectations. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously you need to set the tone of what is acceptable. It's really hard to balance, isn't it? I think it's really hard to balance and I want to give you <laughs> I want to give you an example though. Um this will make you laugh. I okay. don't think you know the story. Mm. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're hearing this for the first time. So, <laughs> she actually talks about extracurricular activities and how yeah. we, when we put our kids, let's say in sports um you know obviously we have boys so they've played soccer over the years Mm -hmm. basketball baseball well for me it was ballet and my parents had put me in ballet and my mom was unable to attend my recital that day was like midday i was probably i don't know five or six so my dad took me to the recital and i did not want to get on stage i told him i got all dressed up in my costume i'm pretty sure i had it was all hot pink had hot pink bunny ears super cute I don't know why I got all dressed up, went to the recital, and I was like, I just want to sit in the audience and watch. I'm not really feeling the whole stage situation. Hmm, who does that remind and you of? he said, that's okay, we'll just stay and we'll watch. Your dad just let you sit on his lap yeah. and watch the whole time? So, although I think later in life, he would have absolutely taught me grit, because he had grit at that time. You had him wrapped around well, your finger. He was, he was more about, you know, being supportive. I guess so. <laughs> well, we were just laughing how... Dylan, our youngest, when he was four, spent the entire first, his first four-year-old soccer season sitting on your lap during every game. He wouldn't he go would, out on the field. He would go on the field for two minutes and then run back he to He would my just lap run right like, to your lap. I just want to watch. Yeah. yeah. Now, now he's like aggressive and out, out on the field and having a good old time playing travel soccer. So. Yeah. When they're a little like that, I mean, obviously, I was only like five or six. Yeah. Right? Okay. But, <laughs> but, you know, when they're older, obviously, as they get older, I think there's little things that we can do to plant those the right seeds but also like i mentioned earlier creating the right environment um you know so she also talks about you know tough love yeah as they get older and they say mom and dad you know i started this sport i don't want to finish it i don't like it anymore i started whatever project job something that they're pursuing and they just throw their hands up what approach do you think is the best approach well, I have to admit, this is something that I'm, uh, for me, it was mostly sports growing up. If mm-hmm. there were, there wasn't a lot of outside activity, I mean, other than sports, we, I did like seventh, eighth grade play, but I really, oh, really, right. I really enjoyed that. So I midsummer I night stream. About that. I remember. Yeah. Cause when we first started dating, you I made had the me watch video it. of it. It's pretty good. You brought it over. You made me watch it. Made you watch it. Jeez. Um, no, you were like, we need to watch my play. <laughs> so. Beyond that, like mostly it was sports and we did my, my dad, I'll, I'll give him, I'll give him credit for that. Mm-hmm. There was, if you signed up and you started the season, there was, there was no not finishing it. Like you were finishing you finish it. the season. Now I can't really remember if I ever tried to quit in the middle of the season cause I always enjoyed the sports, mm-hmm. but, um, did you ever try an instrument? No, no, no. 
Never okay. did. My dad always talked about making that one of the things for us to do, but we just, I guess we were so busy with sports. It was yeah. year round. Sometimes was I was playing world. two teams at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I love, that was one of my takeaways is I really like her idea of her house rule is like, if you sign up for a hobby or an art, you know, something artistic or mm-hmm. musical or sports or dance, whatever, yeah, you're doing it for a year mm-hmm. or for whatever that season is that you're paid for. There's right. no quitting in the middle of that. And I really like that. Yeah. I really think that's important. What I think there's no quitters and what is it? Is it baseball? What's that saying? Um, there's no quitting and... Well, there's no quitting in, yeah, there's no quitting in baseball. Oh, what's a movie? Oh, it's man. a movie. It's killing me. Yeah, there's a line in a movie. Um, I feel like you used to say it all the time, it's from, too. Well, there was, um, there's a scene in Bull Durham where he's, he gets all mad. The, the heavy, the, 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 the manager does. Yeah. Oh, what is he? There's no lollygaggers. You lollygag around oh, the infield. You lolly. What does that, that make you guys? Lollygaggers. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a great movie for, for baseball fans. Just a little rabbit hole. Oh, you know what it is? You know what? League of Their Own. Tom Hanks. He's like, there's no crying in baseball. Oh, crying. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, there's no Tom, crying yeah. in baseball. No crying in baseball. I thought it was a baseball thing. Okay. Anyway. See, pretty but much all I, of life's... I thought it was quitting. All of life's, you know, lessons can be can be taught and learned on the baseball diamond. I'm just saying. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll record from the baseball diamond one yeah, day. Yeah, it'd be fun. Who knows? It'd be weird, but... It'd be kind of weird. Um, so... Do you offer an example of grit to your children? She talks about, you know, will your children want to emulate you? And I think that, I think that's a fantastic way. If you're thinking about how to teach your children grit, you know, first of all, it's going to make you reflect on whether it's just like we're doing. Well, today. I think she focused more want... on the fact that they're going to emulate you either way. Yes. Yeah, so that's yeah, what I'm yeah. But if you know that you want your children to be gritty, right. Then yeah, we the... need to make sure that we are like we are today reflecting on, Okay. Are we, as mom and dad, are we gritty ourselves you yeah. know, in our everyday life and the things that we're pursuing, the things that they're watching us do day in and day out? Do they see grittiness in, in both of us? Yeah, that's huh? a good point. Um, because they will naturally, you know, have you ever heard like, I don't know if you're, have, you ever, have your parents ever said, um, learn from my mistakes? Or do as I say, not as I do. No, I never was told <laughs> that one, but learn, learn from my mistakes. And that's the opposite. Like, I mean... I'm Which, sure you learn from the mistakes. I hate that saying because it's like a, it's a throwaway, like, yes, I understand what the, the point of that is, but it's so much better to sit down with your child and be like, look, here's what I did. It was stupid. I made this mistake. Right. Here's what I did wrong. Here's how I do it differently. That is some version of that conversation needs to happen. Not just like, well, I'm an idiot. So <laughs> learn from all the things I did wrong and don't do that. Yeah. Like, come I don't on. think you're like, going to teach grit that way. Yeah. But or common sense. Example, mm-hmm. Yeah. Leading by example. <laughs> what? No, I just think it's like, it's like a cop out. Like, well, I feel like oh, I've, I've heard... got a parent. Uh, just learn from my mistakes. Yeah. All right. I'm going to, daddy's got to go to the bar. Like what? Like, I think I've heard mama, it so many times. Yeah. Mommy be back. Yeah. <laughs> no, Chris Rock joke. <laughs> I don't know that one. Yeah. Oh, well. Dad jokes. That was a Chris Rock joke. That was Sorry. a funny ass. Yeah. Anyways. Um. Anyways. Well, that was the one where it was like. Remember the dad was like, well, I don't beat my kids. He's like, well, you're not supposed to beat your kids. He's like, I feed my kids. He's like, you're supposed to feed your kids. Oh man. Uh, so some of my takeaways, we, yeah. I kind of jumped in. Sorry. I jumped in on it's your, okay. cause we, we shared some of them, but, uh, we are one. Go ahead. Indeed. We already talked about the, the, at least a year. I really like that. 
that was something that, you know, we tried to start with our older son when he was in high school because mm-hmm. they had so many, you know, he had switched schools. So he had so many different opportunities. The school was much larger and they had a yeah. lot of different clubs. And we really didn't push it as much as we should have. Well, we didn't push not sports. He was still in sports, but no, clubs, the clubs other, like, the other activities, the other extracurriculars. Yeah. And he like actually, and or, he regrets that. Yeah. He even told us now that he's, mm-hmm. you know, and I think he was honestly, he was, he went from a really small school to a really big school. Don't there, you think that's there you go. There, that's the uh, supportive parent. I'm creating out. a, I'm creating a healthy environment over here. No, honestly, that for is my children to flourish. That's a, that's a scenario where you didn't support me to push him. To do I don't an remember activity. having that conversation. I don't recall. We did. <laughs> you don't recall. I think but you may have said but it see, passing, but I, I don't think, think we had No, like a... it was, we both should have pushed him, mm-hmm. and, and but I think he was kind of, he was giving us a lot of pushback on it, and mm-hmm. we kind of dropped it Um, because he was playing sports, you know, he was... He did have his friends and he was hanging, you know, he wasn't just like he was sitting around on his bed all day. I mean, no, he was busy, he was really but into we knew that for him having more social engagement and more different kind of outlets mm-hmm. probably would have been healthy for him. And he recognizes that now as he's gotten older and he's more mature. He's like, man, I, there was, it was like, I kinda, there was so many things yeah. I could have done. And I feel that in. same way about college. Now I was busy, obviously with, with baseball. That was mm-hmm. 50 hours a week. I added it up. I was like, geez, I got like a full-time job, you know, just with baseball. Yeah. And then you add in travel, but I was at this world-class school and it was baseball, partying and school. That was it. Like you I committed to all of those. I partying. Committed, <laughs> committed pretty well to all three. Well, schooling after the last that couple took years. Grit. That took grit. To party every Thursday, Friday, I mean, Saturday night. Yeah, I suppose. Actually, I don't think that was a long-term goal, though. <laughs> no. A it was a, it was a, a, one, one, and a year, one and a half years of uh, of goal. No, my point is, like, I regret that there were so many outlets and so many learning opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, that of, of just all sorts of different avenues that I just didn't even explore, didn't even yeah. bother, didn't even think to, to do that. It was just so siloed into, mm-hmm. you know, what I was doing. So If you could go back, though. Yeah. If you could go back, what would you... What at school or just in? in life? No, at school. Just exploring some of the artistic stuff. You know, there was a whole theater and and the artistic. They had all these traveling, you know, art types of exhibits that would come through, or or outside lectures and and world class speakers and people that would come to the school. And yeah, I just didn't. I just never went. You know, and now it was well, what? I mean, what other arts though? I don't know. I'm my. I'm just making a point. Like oh, okay. I just. I, I'm just curious. I, I just yeah. regret not doing it. Similar to yeah. how our older son has said he kind of regrets not doing any of that stuff either. That's yeah. all. That's all. But um, I I like that. And, you know, that our younger son is more involved. He's in, in soccer and band. And, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to probably be a little bit more assertive with kind of being more demanding there. Yeah. I really want him to get involved in yearbook. Yearbook you was and a yearbook. I love yearbook. <laughs> yearbook was so much fun. My big thing is that he that they stay busy and they stay active and explore and then commit to it. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. With that kind of mentality that she has that she proposes in the book. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think that uh, another key takeaway there is how important it is to have outside influence, and that kind of talks about the outside in. Yeah, and 
you know, we are their parents. So being seen as a parent, there's, mm-hmm. there can be some conflict there, you know, if, if they're pushing back on, on demands or, uh, what such things. Well, she references how important a coach is because they're seen, they can be more demanding, you know, whether it's a coach or a, a teacher, mm-hmm. they can have kind of uh, that same influence you're trying to foster yourself, but that it just, it's coming from a different person right? who they who they just tend to mm-hmm. respect more as far as that authoritative type of figure. Mm-hmm. They um, look to for that instruction. And, yeah. Right. And, and not just that, but the other thing that was a takeaway for that was the importance of the right coach. Yeah. And how that was one of those factors that actually really made a significant difference. And she referenced a lot of the swimming, mm-hmm. the swimmers, but, um, you know, I was lucky enough to have, a, you know, some really really good coaches and some mm-hmm. like really poor coaches and mm-hmm. it's a stark difference not just because they're a coach doesn't mean that mm-hmm. you know it's the same and i think that goes for anything whether it's dance music art you know yeah. find that right coach too not just any coach yeah but you played for a really long time so you did have a lot you had a lot of different coaches and mm-hmm. different areas of your life so you have a good comparison you know i i wasn't in dance long enough to really say if i had a great dance instructor. But, yeah. yeah. But I, I think, think as parents, you want to kind mm-hmm. of, you know, keep an eye out on who those people are and try to get them in the right. But, right. But I think the biggest takeaway, honestly, and it all ties together with as far as the, the parenting for me and, mm-hmm. and for my own life and for our marriage and for everything is when they looked at all these different studies, longitudinal meaning like over the course of years, all these variables and multiple studies and from different authors. Mm-hmm. The like the biggest takeaway and the biggest like the single most important thing was Mm -hmm. that was like a factor or like a variable they could look at as to where people were going to be successful Mm -hmm. was their ability to follow through. Yeah. Right. I think I mean, I think that's huge. Well, one of the other things I wanted to touch on real quick, just to kind of add to that point is when you had mentioned about, you know, having that outside help to foster grit mm-hmm. um, not everyone is coming from you know home where they have maybe both parents or parents and she gives uh, she gives a few examples and there's a really great success story of an individual a young man who um, unfortunately didn't have both parents at home and um, I think he was raised by a grandparent and at the time his grandparents, he had no parents at home oh, his, he had no his parents. Okay. dad um but his dad was never around. His mom was institutionalized. Oh, she was in, okay. Yeah. And and the grandmother raised him. And but she got sick really she got quick. Sick. Well, yeah. she was elderly. She yeah. got sick, and so he ended up having to kind of take on that role as an adult. You know, pretty quickly he was pushed into adulthood. But um, he did very well academically. Well, he had a remember he had a brother. He did. He had kind a of, brother. That kind of lit a fire. Um, an older brother, much older. That brother. Didn't live with him though. Right, much older brother out of the house. Older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he told his brother that he wanted to go to Princeton and he said, you know, I don't think that would ever happen for me. Um, and his, his brother, you know, really gave him some words of encouragement and really, you know, help foster that grit in him. So he would continue to to pursue it because he was doing very well in school. But when you're coming from, you know, a position where you feel like, like I said earlier, you know, sometimes I'll maybe refrain from pursuing something because I think, oh, maybe I don't have this or don't have that. Yeah. He it, had that you, you grit. You do. You know, and we we talk about it a lot, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I, I recognize it. Yeah, you know, I do recognize it. Because that. you have so much talent and so much, 
you know, skill in so many areas, it frustrates me when, mm. you know, you, you kind of hang that hat on, uh, you know, well, I just don't have the, the support or the, you know, the ability or the, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have the background or the yeah. whatever, you know, and I'm like, babe, you've got it. I'm you're, trying you're to break there. free yeah. from that, but yeah. I, I thought it's it was, hard. It's hard. It's yeah. something that it was really inspiring though, just to yeah. hear how he was able to kind of overcome all of that adversity. And then, well, no, he, know, like he, a he went to MIT, and, MIT and, I mean, yeah. he was extremely brilliant. And then to top it off, like that makes the story even better. Um, you know, he ended up having a family that really took him in as, as part of theirs and loved him. And he was part of their Christmas and Thanksgiving and everything. And, like and the he, first time he ever got presents. First, yeah. yeah. Was until he actually went to college and yeah. that family supported him and was there even when his, you know, when his grandma uh, passed. I mean, it, it worked out, but he had to remain gritty, you know, to stay on that path because while he was working up to that, you know, he kind of had a lot of obstacles, a lot of things that were up against him. So I don't know. I like all the examples because everyone's obviously coming from a different position on the game board or spot on the game board as how that's how I look at it. You know, I Mm -hmm. may be five steps behind the next person, but if you're gritty. (laughs) All right. So last topic is, is kind of how do we how do we apply that to our marriage? What, you know, what kind of takeaways for our marriage? And I think there's a couple that I, that I thought about, um, I've already kind of mentioned it, but like the fact that, that you can, if, you know, if, if you're gritty, if you are, if you have that follow through and you're committed mm-hmm. and you have that, that passion and perseverance, you know, that's the passion and perseverance are two key words in a marriage mm-hmm. for a successful marriage, you know, not just like, well, I'm stuck with you, but like, I choose you, mm-hmm. you choose me and we're going to be gritty and we can change the way we are for each other. Right. Like, I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's not just, well, you know, you know, I am what I am and you are who you are and that's, you know, we'll just have to figure it out. No, it's like we can literally re- rewire our brains. Mm-hmm. And in the case of a marriage, it's, it's kind of rewiring our brains to, to be the best mate for each other. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is kind of more generic, but like successful marriage takes a lot of grit. Yeah. Right. You're not it, throwing the towel, throwing yeah. in the towel just because, you know, you hit a bump in the road. Yeah. Uh, I thought I saw this, this meme, not a meme. It was like a, it was on Facebook or something. And it really just like, it actually kind of made me angry that they would do this. And then it kind What's of like, that? they, posted this husband and wife who were getting divorced mm-hmm. posted this picture of her getting down on one knee and saying, will you divorce me? Like, and they did it as like a, a, a joke. joke. No, I, I mean, but they posted it like it was supposed to be some sort of, is this a meme? No, it's like a real couple that's getting divorced okay. and they, they put it on there like a, like it's happy. It was, it really pissed me off. But anyways, so, um, like divorce is devastating. Yeah. Right. I mean, it, it affects so many things and to make a joke out of it, just really kind of mm-hmm. anyways, but, uh, yeah, marriage, a good marriage, you have to be gritty. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of perseverance, but the other thing about it, what's that? It's just like we talked about earlier about how it, you can kind of, as time grows as goes and you become better at mm-hmm. your marriage, the passion grows too. Yeah. Right. And well, kind of, to that, I was actually going to say that sometimes passion can go through 
different phases in your marriage. You know, obviously there are ebbs and flows and life throws different things that you may be feel really passionate at one moment mm-hmm. and then you know you're up at two o'clock in the morning with baby vomit and you're not feeling that passionate at the time we're not getting sleep i don't know i mean there's that's a very that passionate happen. moment there are things that happen in life you don't feel that passion for a while but the perseverance to push through it together you have to know that obviously it takes effort you know to keep moving through i mean like we said earlier what grit is is really moving towards a long-term goal you know Long-term goal is to have that long-lasting marriage and build that love. Yeah. Continue to build on that passion. You know, what that passion was at day one will look different, you know, 10, 15, it's 20 It's totally years. different today than it was back then. Oh, I think it's, I think it's better. It's deeper. Must, it's, yeah. No, it is. But it's also harder. What? Right? Like How it's, so? Well, there's more complications. <laughs> there's more variables going on around us. That's true. No, marriage gets harder yeah. A lot of times, you know, there are harder seasons in a marriage, whether mm-hmm. it be like you said, the two year old or the two month old, you know, puking on your shoulder in right. the middle of the night. Career changes. Career changes. Uh, you know, coronavirus. Like there's all these yeah. like real things that happen. And, um, you know, there and we're let's be honest, we're at that stage where we're entering that season potentially over the next few years where our parents are getting older and, and they're going to get, they're going to need more of us. Mm-hmm. Now we have a little bit different scenario with our kids cause our older son's kind of already out of the house, but a lot of couples in, in our kind of mid forties range, mm-hmm. they go through a phase where it's like, we've got, we're getting it from both ends. <laughs> like the, yeah. the parents are more needy now. You can't be their kids anymore. You have to be their kind of caretakers well, and a lot extent, of people, but you're, you're no, I'm saying, in, no, I'm just saying in general, oh, yeah, like yeah. couples that are in that 45 year old range, mm-hmm. roughly, then they also, some of them have teenage kids that are very needy at that point. Yeah. You know, you've got, you've got worries from both, both ends and you're it's hard to feel the passion. You're stuck in the middle because you're not getting any support from your parents because they're not really your parents anymore. They are, but mm-hmm. you're caring for them more than they are parenting you. Mm-hmm. Right. But you sure as hell need to parent your, your teenagers who think that they know everything. Yeah. So it's a tough season, you know. Yeah. And being gritty and perse- you know persevering through that, um, I think yeah. is really important. I think so too, and I think the other thing that probably would also apply um, when it comes to marriage, we had mentioned it earlier about the outside support. I think it's really important to have mm-hmm. um, the right people around yes. to support your marriage. Um, in the good seasons and in the bad. Just like finding the right coach for your kids, right? Mm-hmm. Having you know, people around you that, that support what your goals and marriage are. Right. I mean, your, your, your family, your friends, the people that are around you should also be supporting a healthy marriage. And, um, and if you're going through a challenging time, you know, you should have to have that support system in place as well. So, but it does take, it takes grittiness. It takes perseverance. It's not something that happens overnight. And I think that if you're already a gritty person, um, you know, you'll probably be able to apply this easily to each and every area of your life. But obviously, since we tested 3.6, I can't believe we tied. That's, That's funny. just so bizarre. Um, we have some work to do. But I mean, we're all That's a work exciting. in progress, no, right? No, that's exciting. That means that, that we can improve. And, and I love the growth mindset yeah. piece uh, of the book. I, I thought you were saying peace out. 
just now. Yeah, peace them out. <laughs> no, I, I, I love that piece of the book, the growth mindset mm-hmm. and grow, 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 grow. Yeah. Your well, mind, this is everything. Yeah. This is part of our destination growth series. We're going to continue go. like we have um, with sharing other you know, books that we're reading, you know, material that would definitely be beneficial to your marriage, to your growth, um, whether that be in parenting or just life in general. Um, because obviously, like I said, we're all a work in progress and Tommy and I are trying together to even like he mentioned earlier that we're 41. Thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> I said, I'm 41. You just blew, blew that cover that you're 41. You could have said you're 34 or something. We're still growing and we're still working towards new goals. I mean, look at this. This is a brand new project for us and we're working and we're growing and we're learning each day. So yeah, hang in there with us while we work on our grid scale. <laughs> All right, guys, we till, uh, till the next week. We hope you guys have a fantastic week and weekend, and we will see you soon. See you then, guys. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if so, please continue to listen and subscribe on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. We would greatly appreciate positive reviews, and we will answer any questions at feedback at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. For up-to-date content and news about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at destination underscore marriage and visit our website at destinationmarriagepodcast.com. Be sure to tune in next week.